This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. It's just about nine minutes after two o'clock. It's Power Lunch on Power 98.7. And you know what we do at this time on a Tuesday? Tech Tuesday. Yes, indeed. So the mining in Daba will be taking place in Cape Town from the 5th to the 8th of February. So it's currently underway um, with the theme Embracing the Power of Positive Disruption, a bold new future for African mining. In this conversation, we speak to two young people who are disrupting the mining sector with their incredible work. Sitting in front of me right now is founder of Bashaping Mash Trading and Projects, Sharon Mashishi. Uh, and we'll get our next uh, guest up on the line in just a bit. Sharon, it's really wonderful to meet you. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm happy to meet you all. Good, good, good. So let's talk a little bit about what Batlapping Mesh Trading and Projects does. What is your company? All right. Um, Batlapping Mesh Trading and Projects, we are in uh, mining. We are in electrical engineering, civil engineering and construction works. And we also do um, your general supply, but mainly we are in the mining industry. Okay. And tell us how long you've been operating. Um, Batlapping has been registered in 2016, uh, and it has been operating for five years now. Okay. Uh, so other years we were still trying to find work, but fully operating, it's been five years. Do you want to give us a little bit of your background? Okay. Um, so I am an HR personnel by profession. I studied with the University of Tawani uh, University of Technology. Mm. And I think when I was still at school in 2016, I decided to just, you know, register a company because my parents actually advised me to, to say, you never know what you might do in life. And from there, after school, there was no employment. So I went back home and I started looking for opportunities in the mining sector that was actually local to where I I was staying. And my first uh, job in the mining sector was an electrical engineering job. So that's what actually made Basha being that first opportunity. Mm. Yeah. And so what did you see in that space that made you think, okay, perhaps inspiration for solving a problem exists? I think what uh, what was big for me was the fact that an HR personnel would actually go into the route of engineering when I don't even have like a background about it. And I was willing to you know to, to, to learn and manage that part of it. So it was challenging for me and I loved the challenge and I was like... I, I think men do this a lot and I'm a woman and I'm doing it and I'm thriving at it. So I think the challenge on its own of the fact that I don't know anything about the industry is what made me think that is the space for me. Mm, very, yeah. very interesting. Uh, a couple of things that I'm noticing there to be a boundary busting entrepreneur, you look at the challenges and they excite you. You yes. don't feel fear, you feel excited. Yes. The second thing from a parenting point of view, your parents said register a business. You never know. Yes. What great advice. It was a great advice because yeah. look at me, I'm in business and I never actually knew that I wanted to be in business. Amazing. Yeah. Well, let's meet your panelists now. Founder of Kui Studios, Sandy Sosibisi joins us right now. Sandy, so it is so wonderful to talk to you. Welcome to Power Lunch. Welcome, welcome, Fabi. It's been years. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
I wish I could be there because I know how much the conversation is so much better and just seeing your face and having your energy in the room. So unfortunately, yeah, but I'm in, I'm in Cape Town, but I'm happy to be on the line. Well, I'm sure you're so, so busy. For anybody who doesn't know, who didn't listen to us, what was it, four, five, six years oh, ago? Yes, yes. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Kui Studios. Tell us about your business, Sandiso. Oh, okay, so Kui Studios is four and a half years old. Wow. We are a, an innovation strategy consulting company for mm. organizations. So we three capabilities the first one being around strategy for companies that are launching products in the market mm. products in the market like for their employees or for their customers and the second part of the the second capability around design about 60 percent of our revenue is from that so we focus a lot on human-centric design work and ethnographic studies and that customer value proposition and lastly, we have technology. So we a lot of the stuff we design from our design practice, design capability, we then shape that into a technology product and we pilot it for our clients as minimal viable products or prototypes. So uh, doing this across multiple sectors of so financial services, a big part of our businesses for that space. Mm. Um, also mining and mining specifically addressing human factors. So looking around the the experience of the mining operator, the experience, the, the, the experience of the drill operator, the experience of a miner, and trying to make that better for them to be, I guess, safer and have more sustainable mines. But of course, of course, having more productivity in the mines. Thank you. I mean, there's so many um, really interesting touch points that I could mention, Sandy, so about the time that we were on air together talking tech in various spaces. But I know mm. a story I tell very often is the first time I used VR headsets was with you. Uh, and, mm. and one of the capabilities you were demonstrating is how this could illustrate, I mean, educate people in the mining sector without having to go underground and actually pick up tools the very first time around. So I think it's very interesting just how far you've come with Kui. Maybe you, just like Sharon did in studio, want to go back uh, and give us a little bit of your background. Where does Sandisa come from? Sure. I'm born KZN Ngakuleles Kawini, which is a township in Kuzin Natal, which is Bay. So my dad actually used to work for, at the time it was Alusaf, but then it became BHP Billiton later, um, and now it's just BHP. So he was in mining, you know, growing oh. up. Um, my, both, my, both my parents were held, had full-time jobs, my mom being a nurse, but my mom used to make wedding cakes and catering for weddings, and my dad used to be a videographer. So I, I've come from an entrepreneurial family. Mm. I have been working since the age of like five. Um, so, you know, for my family and I guess I was fortunate to be able to go to university, get a degree and uh, obviously got drawn to corporate sector. So did a good nine years in corporate at Accenture yeah. in technology management consulting, um, equity development partnerships. Um, and then I, I think for, for four or five years ago, then I decided to open my own practice, um, never looked back. Um, so I think I've always had entrepreneurial, like, mm in me but just probably a bit you know uh, a bit reluctant you know I love comfort I love lifestyle so looking at it well no selling for six months uh, and then I think I just got the courage to just finally do it and I've just never looked back I'm so happy that I'm in this space yes I've got problems I as of all entrepreneurs I obviously have cash flow challenges now and then mm. but I'd rather have that 
Uh, for someone else, totally love you, my boss, but never look back. Thanks. Amazing, amazing. Sharon, you're nodding when uh, Sandy uh, mentioned some of the issues around entrepreneurship. I wonder if you can go right to the beginning and tell us some of the, the, the greatest hurdles to overcome when starting to operate. Um, okay. Um, okay, so you mentioned something about the cash flows. Yes. That's a general problem yeah. for everybody that is studying business. And actually, it becomes worse uh, as a woman, you know. So in a, a, most of the small companies, when you're starting up in the mining industry or in, in business in general, you know, uh, the problems that you are facing, you're facing a cash flow. And the fact that you're a woman, it also doesn't help because in terms of opportunities and the fact that you don't even have experience and you're just coming into the space, opportunities are mostly given to male people. You know, they are the people people that are trusted that they can do certain jobs because it's for them you know uh we have this mentality of saying certain jobs can be done by women so most of the hurdles that i faced was mm. cash flow when i got in but i think i was lucky that you know i was man- i managed to approach some uh the company that got me in they have this uh, sector where you can go and ask for funds to start up your business so that was lucky for me that had had they not had that I have no idea what I, where I would be. And I think that's what started by shopping. And that's what started me because from the financial aspect, when I got sorted, it became easy for me to empower myself so that mm. I can then overcome the hurdles of men being seen as being able to perform certain job, uh, not women can do them. So after I got over that, I think uh, I empowered myself. Experience wise, I compete with men now because I mostly as well collaborate with them because yes. I was like, if you can't beat them, join them Mm. so i went and collaborated with them so that i can gain the relevant experience to actually compete with them Mm. so yeah money and uh experience wise it's a problem let's talk a little bit about that i mean it's always i understand the reality but it it annoys me and it just makes me red in the face thinking of certain industries are still male dominated industries and i know mining has that sunday so but Mm -hmm. so does tech Mm -hmm. talk to me about some of your experiences um dealing with breaking down those those barriers and those perceptions yeah, so I think for me, uh, I guess the pressure or what people tend to do is like I have to sort of be like men or play golf. I, mean, I don't enjoy golf. I've tried it. I would <laughs> like it. Um, I don't watch sports, so don't talk to me about the rugby over the weekend. I know mm. Bamfana Bamfana is playing sometimes this week, but I'm not going to engage in that. Mm. Um, and so I've just had to, you know, work, like focus on what I'm good at. So, and, and this whole thing, we, we because we sell to businesses, we, we obviously need to connect to, to individuals and mm. many individuals. Um, and so I guess my connection is people. I'm a very spiritual person. Mm. I'm a very caring person. I care about if your child is sick that day. I care about if your mom is sick or if, you're having, if your daughter is going to school for the first day. So people, I connect with clients on that, on, on that ground. And I think that's how I found to work well with individuals. I, I, I mean, I don't have the, and I don't have this masculinity, um, you know, thing about me. I still mm. come across as a female. I come across as very humble. Um, and I guess those are the things that um, I probably have to focus on and just to operate in that space because, yes, it is very male-dominated and, yes, it is um, It is quite difficult because the people that we sell to don't look like us, they don't talk like us, we don't have the same background. But I think for me, I guess spirituality and family life is, is, is a place that is something that's close to my heart and I've been able 
um, to connect to that. And I just want to go back to what my fellow panelists were mm. talking about in terms of challenges. Um, so in running my business, you know, I wish, and I, I want to say this to all entrepreneurs, I wish people never told me to get an accounting company to run my books when I started. Oh. because And that is the mistake that all entrepreneurs, myself included, we make. So what we do is we, we start a business, then we get, we outsource accounting services. What that does, it actually makes you aloof to the financials of your business. And you just think that somebody's taking care of it. The reality is that the, the accounting providers we use, they're managing like 20, 30 other businesses. So, of course, attention to detail is not high on the priority list. It's about just churning out stuff. And, you know, no one is studying your stuff line by line and understanding each transaction. You know, I got to a point where I was like, I feel like, I think three years later, I was like, shucks, I feel like I'm paying way too much VAT. And that was through the help of EY who sponsored me a tax assessment to, to be done on my book. And yes. we found so many things, you know, no no tax code application on my on my books. It was taxes, getting penalties unnecessarily. It's miscalculation of taxes. And that's just because I always thought that that was being taken care of by mm-hmm. someone else. As an entrepreneur, you need to understand the fabrics of your of your financial statements and understand every line item because your accountant is not going to do that for you. And so we spent about three years just fixing our books, going back to each and every transaction from the inception of the business. And today I can tell you we are like a financially excellent organization. Mm. You know, in that time, there was a period when I, 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 didn't, I, I couldn't afford even to keep a financial person. Mm. So what I did, I had to learn how to do my own SARS, e and so understanding how you, mm. you know, record VAT, PAYE, and all of that. So in my, I have an account today and it's still outsourced, but a lot of the stuff, the day-to-day stuff, we do it internally. Mm. So we do our own bookkeeping internally, but then we have, um, so when my accountant is, I'm telling him to do something and he's saying it can't be done, I challenge him. I say, no, 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 I've done this before six months. I know it can't be done. Yes. Go try again. And it's done. So to all entrepreneurs and I think the cash flow thing part of the, the reason is that we as entrepreneurs are just very bad at understanding our finances and therefore not even doing financial cash flow planning and that's to us to do as business people oh, so you've got to yeah. wear the many hats and you've got to wear them excellently mm-hmm. and you've got to overlook even when you do outsource yeah. I'd like to bring this back to the actual mining uh, sector um, and some of the experience that you've had in the mining sector and to talk a little bit about the successes and milestones in your careers in the mining industry um, that has been particularly inspiring or impactful. So we'll continue with this conversation about young people making strides in mining. Of course, uh, this is with the backdrop of the mining in Daba taking place in Cape Town, currently underway. Um, and you can call in as well on 0861-987-000. Do you take a short break? This is Power Lunch on Power 98.7. Speak up. Call the power line on 0861-987-000. Yes, absolutely. We are talking about young people making strides in mining and talking about some of the thematics around the mining in Daba. The theme, embracing the power of positive disruption, a bold new future for African mining. It's our Tech Tuesday segment on Power Lunch on Power 98.7. Give us a call on 0861 So that's a very interesting theme, right? The, the power of positive disruption. And it's interesting.
interesting how disruption has become this kind of catch-all phrase. It's a, it's a, you know, an ideal that we're willing to work towards, and yet, particularly mining can be quite. Um, archaic, can be quite stuck in its ways. So talk to me from, you know, your point of view, Sharon, uh, you know, even pitching disruptive concepts, yes, to make things simpler and easier. Talk to me about that process for your business. Um, Okay. So I think, you know, as a business, you get to a point where you have to evaluate yourself Mm. and say, what are my capabilities? What are my capacities? What can I do? What can I not do? You know, I always say that um, I live on the basis of my dreams. You know, if I'm dreaming that I want to do one, two, three, I start acting that certain way. Then I start collaborating with certain people. So I think for us, what worked for us best is, you know, getting in touch with people that have already been in the industry and has a lot of experience. So before we pitch anything, we're going to go down to the research table and look at all the ideas and the challenges and the risks, what might fail, what might not fail. And then from there, it becomes easier as well when you involve people that have been in the industry. Obviously, it's a competition. You don't tell people that I'm planning to do one, two, three. You use their brains, obviously, in a conversation and you pick up points. Then when you go to the pitching point, it becomes easier if you receive because if they are to hit you with questions, because obviously every business wants to satisfy itself to say we are getting a person that is competent enough mm. to can perform one, two, three, one, two, three. They are going to hit you with tough questions. If you've researched, if you are knowledgeable, you are able to then respond thoroughly and prove to them that, listen, I am a woman, but I can actually do this. Mm. So I think research has been our most concept of doing everything and winning and pitching new ideas. That's fantastic. Research, having the uh, answers to the follow-up yeah. questions. Sandy, so same question for you about, you know, positive disruption. I know this is very much your space. Mm-hmm. So I think I can definitely agree with my fellow panelists around the research piece. Um, so I think people, I always say this, people are so impressed People love themselves, and when mm. you when you demonstrate that you care about them as an individual and that you've done your research, you move from a score of zero to like a five immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really helped us a lot. And I think also just being flexible. I think market conditions have changed. So when we first started, probably mm. like when we we're doing using the VR headsets, we're doing a lot of education around emerging technologies. AI was still like a new thing. Yes. There was no generative AI. There was just VR was still quite new. And so we did a lot of education of mm. these technologies. And so that business died out as soon as COVID happened because they people just you know climatize themselves to the new way of working and they learned about these things and and they're doing it for themselves sure. so we obviously have had to like slightly pivot and i think you know and, and i think it's quite nice being an entrepreneur because you can pivot you know as, as frequently as you want mm, um yeah. maybe stay within your overall vision so that that really helps us because you, you obviously try to go to places where there's more traction and the most revenue for yourself mm. and so just being flexible in the pivot pivoting i think that has really helped a lot and i just think the other thing that we entrepreneurs um maybe struggle with and that's really shaped our businesses is a thing around best people it is so difficult to find good people to work for you, mm. um, you know, and typically what happens is that all the good people get they're swallowed up by large corporations, 
um, and then you basically don't have the South African space. But I think we've spent a lot of time in, in building a very good employee value proposition with the limited resources that we have and trying to, you know, like we've implemented four-day week in the business. We had wow. a snack bar. We have, um, we obviously have medical aid, fully comprehensive hospital. Uh, we have uh, like opportunities. So one of the guys, the analyst that joined our company um, recently, he's actually speaking, he was actually speaking at Mining Indaba with myself. Yes. So that's something that he would have never gotten if he was been in a big corporation. And mm-hmm. so this, 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 this hunt, talent is like on and it's it's it, we are we are small businesses are really struggling to you know to to get the right people and most times and i think we've built a model that has helped us be able to attract and retain um, um talent because of what we offer that's quite different in the market mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. talk to me about um you know opportunities like this to be able to connect with others but you know be a speaker at something like the mining in daba i know we're talking a lot about you know smashing glass ceilings women in entrepreneurship mm-hmm. as well as being a woman in entrepreneurship let's have a think about that as we go to our power headlines now at 2:30 with Sharon Mashishi founder of um ba shopping mash trading and projects and founder of Kui Studio Sandy Sosibisi who's on the line the mindset of an inspired generation power 98.7 now we're talking Having such a great time talking about young people making strides in mining. It's Power Lunch on Power 98.7. And we're joined by the founder of Kui Studios, Sandy Sosibisi, who's taking time out from uh, her day in the mining in Daba to talk to us. And also founder of Batla Being Mash Trading and Projects, Sharon Mashishi. If you have questions or comments, please call them through 0861987000. All right, so let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, this interesting point of the services uh, that you offer at Batla Bing Mash. Sharon, how, how does one as an entrepreneur ensure that you are knowledgeable about each of those services in order to offer, um, you know, a, a high quality product? Um, I think uh, the first thing is that if you don't have experience in a certain uh, industry, um, what you need to do so that you can be able to offer the best services and compete with best companies is that you need to get the expert in in doing that. So Mm. I have uh, your electrical people, I have your engineers in-house, which I expect. One of the easiest ways to learn about something is being involved operationally. So I think one of the mistakes that we make as business people is that we... You know, as much as soon as you hire an expert in a certain area, you actually draw back. You no longer get involved. You don't know the happenings, the ins and outs. Mm. So if a person comes and gives you a a certain report about a certain work that you're doing, you just take that. So most of us, we lose jobs according Mm. to that because those engineers can tell that this person is not very much involved. So it's easy for them to actually start their own thing and take over. So your best learning is be involved in the operations. And the other thing is that you also need to be, you know, you also need to be associated with people that are in the similar industry as you. Mm. You can 
cannot say that you want to be better, but at the same time, you're still going with people that are not at your level. So you change faces in life. If I'm in electricals, I need businesses around me that are doing electrical work. I need to know what are the strategies that they put in-house for them that is working for them. Can I actually take those strategies and they work for me? And you check the structures as well that you need to put out there to make sure that everything manages itself. Because one of the things that we lack in is that we do not have structures in place that tells us that we are here, moving from here, we come here. What do you mean? So let's say for construction, for example, in construction, um, if you're not a person that is into construction, you want to know that if I got a project that I need to build a house and this is the timeline, the baseline, this is what it takes. So you need to have a structure that says in construction, we are moving from foundation to the next area. So it must be part of your structure. When you walk into the office and you see it, you can tell even if you're not a construction person to say, oh, we are now actually on the uh, wall faces. We are building walls. So if you don't have the structures you can't understand because you're not a technical person so you make it easy by yourself by just developing structures that assist you to actually check the process of of the work that you're doing Mm, Sandy so I heard you um, I heard you nodding your head does that even make sense I heard you going hmm which I assume you're nodding your head Uh, we've just lost Sandy so yeah I think that that's very very important to continuously empower yourself that's what I'm hearing from you Sharon yeah So before we went to the headlines, I was asking about being on platforms to speak to other entrepreneurs, being in spaces where you do rub shoulders and uh, speak to other entrepreneurs, particularly in this mining space. Talk to me about some of the experiences that you've had in that regard. So that is actually one of the most important aspects of business. You know, Sandy mentioned something earlier that you need to be able to be flexible. You know, flexibility also tells you about being able to be adaptive, you know. So if you are in this space, you cannot really isolate yourself. You need to always know what is happening around you. And the only way to do that is if you associate yourself with other people. For example, when we started, uh, I had no experience. But I had a, I developed a dream to say, I want to be in business. I can do that. I saw women doing it and I was like, I can do that. So what advice is I went into that mind and I said, listen, I want to start applying for jobs. How do I do it? But I don't want to start small. I don't want to typically be like, I will grow with the steps. I feel like I can learn so fast that I want to start there. And they gave Mm. me an advice to say, if you want to compete amongst best businesses, find yourself a technical partner. So I had to then go back and look, okay, this is the job that I'm applying for. What experiences do I have? I don't have experience. I had to look for companies that actually uh, have experiences in that sector. So my first job, I got it because of the people that were technical partner in the company that had experiences. From there, they imparted the knowledge of which the mining in Daba deals with that as well to say that the skills development, they're dealing a lot with development. So you get people that which will then take you through the skills development so that you can stand your on your own. So today we stand on our own. Mm. We get into equal JV partners with other companies because we are at that stage. Mm. So I I think refuse to start small sometimes, mm. you know, go high as, as, as you can. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Sandy, so your view on, on the question around being in, in fora and spaces like the mining in Daba and, uh, you know, some of the capacity that you need to have learning how to do different um, uh, pieces of your business, even if it isn't your area of expertise originally? Sure. Um, so uh, the 
we do a lot of work in the emerging technology space. Um, although I've got a degree in uh, Bachelor of Commerce and in Information Systems, so I do know how to code and I do know a lot about technology, a lot of the stuff. And you can think about this degree. I did it like 10 years ago or so, or almost 15 years ago. Mm. So technology has evolved yeah. over that time. And so the reality is my technology team, um, whatever they're building right now, I probably don't know how to build because the languages have changed, mm. uh, the coding languages have changed. So, And it's so funny because I... I, 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 I I, I, they're the one team that I actually can't support because strategy and design work, I sort of know how to do it in my sleep. It hasn't changed much, you mm. know, it's, of course, it's more of a thinking, problem-solving thing yes. that's easy. So I've had to uh, be mindful of who I hire. So today, Google has got everything. Like, you know, there's videos on how to do anything, basically. Mm. And and so the team, is, the, the people that I hire and the technology team, it needs to be people that are okay with the unknown. They're okay with troubleshooting on their own until they figure it out. Um, what I've just done is just plug them into different technical technology experts. So people that have got about 40 years, 20 years experience in the space, they're able to pick up, the, once they failed on Google, they're able to then pick up the phone and call the technology expert who's also like on a retainers with our organization and we pay them um, to, to get the support mm. and, and help that they need to deliver what we need to deliver. Um, I, I obviously have a good idea of what the process is about because the process to, to produce a technology project, a project doesn't really change. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the how or the, the you know the tools that you use. So I'm familiar with that, and I and I give guidance on the planning, getting to the answer, and I also have a good idea of what the end product must look like. Yes. And so I apply that knowledge, you know, and working with that, and just I mean building up to mining in Daba, it, it 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 takes quite a big team to, to get us ready for mining in Daba because we typically present. It requires marketing, it requires technology, it requires research and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it is quite a mammoth task which I'm forever grateful for because it, it, it's an event that really does a lot for our brand as a business. Mm-hmm. It makes us very like recognizable or it makes us very credible as well, I want to say. So all this effort leading up to it and coming up, yeah, it's a lot of effort. It's cost a lot of money, um, but it's, it, it, it's been worth it. And I think with entrepreneurs, um, we sometimes look at how much it costs today, but we don't look at the, the, the return on investment. And sometimes, it's, a, it's, it's sometimes a long game, especially if you're wanting to work for large corporations. To close a deal with them can take anything between 6 to 18 months. Mm. So I always say it's always a long game. And so looking at that and investing in the short term for the, for, for a long-term benefit is what we probably focus on. And I think, you know, we've been around for four and a half years, and I think we've, we've done well in building a recognizable brand that is also, like, formidable and that is challenging um, the status quo. So very mm. proud of our Ephesus Kui Studios. Amazing, really amazing. You know, yesterday we were talking about network building and ensuring mm-hmm. that you take care of your relationships as a business owner. I wonder what you can add to that, Sharon, in your experience so far. I think you touched on something that I actually always talk about, yeah. that, you know, we have this mentality in business that, you know, you take certain steps towards getting a project. You have these people assisting you, you know, and the moment you get a work or project, you actually turn away from them because now you feel like you are moneyed. You've made it. Mm-hmm. You don't need them. That's where the problem lies, because then something happens in the future and the very same people you tend away from 
from. They are the people that are in position to actually guide you and tell you what to do. But you can't be in the position of asking them. That's why we have mm. a high rate of suicide. Because when people set reach a certain point, they then discard people that started with them. So relationships are very, very important mm. to me. I protect mm. relationship because I feel like more than financial investment, these are better investment that you can make in yourself. I think we've faced situations where um, we were about to lose businesses, but relationship came through. And not only relationship, when you build the relationship, it has to also be accompanied by reputation. You know, you don't want people mm -hmm. to support something that is not reputable. So as much as you're maintaining relationships, make sure that you also build the reputation that they can be proud of to say tomorrow, they can be able to assist you mm. and help you. Mm. So I think with mm. me, I'm, I'm good with that because I feel like I understand the business cycle. You know, you, you have your recessions, you have your, your expansions in business, you have your peak, you have your depressions, you know. So you have to understand that you're not always going to do well in business. It, one day you're going to be at the peak of your game. One day you have to be on the trough of your game. So when you are at the trough, what, who, which people are going to come through for you and say, listen, we, you can make this. People that are going to give you all the support necessary for you to pick up again. Because that's what is important mm. at that duration it makes you it's either you come up or you remain down it's the relationships that actually support you further to that mm. sandy so your view yeah definitely um so we, we look at you know selling as a multi uh, stakeholder uh decision so it's like five or so people decide on if you're going to get the deal or not and yeah. you need to maintain all those five different relationships, you know, knowing that that's like one division of an organization. So if you want to sell into the whole organization, you need to do that times five. So it's managing those 15. Um, and I always love to my, my team and I say, you, I know it looks like I'm not working, guys, but trust me, I'm working. When I'm having coffees, dinners, I promise you I'm working mm. um, because <laughs> I'm trying to, to basically, you know, maintain those relationships. And just like how my panelists said, those are the people that are going to save you. So these are the people that you're going to pick up the phone and say, I know I haven't finished that milestone, but shucks, I'm having a, a cash flow issue. Can you organize an early payment for me? Right. And, 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 and yeah. that's you asking for a favor. And it's up to the onus on that person to understand, do I like Sandy so enough <laughs> to spend my effort and time to deliver this? Because the favor I'm asking for, it's very admin intensive for this person in corporate sure. because they must now yeah. write a motivation. Yeah. They must go through yeah. certain signatures. So, and they will only do that for people that they like. So it's not about just having the technical expertise, mm. but does your client actually like you? Sure. And, and so... I've had to build relationships, not only with the people I'm delivering for, but even like finance department, right? These are the people that you call and say, um, I know my invoice came through late because it was signed off late, but can you squeeze it into this 15th That's of right. one yeah. month payroll? And so these are the people, you know, you need to be building a relationship with and, 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 and being kind to. And I think even just like, just spend time with your clients. I always say like, so I, I learned this from a, a former Accenture colleague of mine who was mm. working for a big corporate. She was saying, you know, that, that, that what sets you apart from the people I give work to and the other people is that the person that I most likely give to work to is the, people that, the person that is in my face all the time. Mm. So we try and find ways to get to be in the faces of our clients. Like some of our clients do our KUI mentorship program. They support our people from a career development perspective. We host events 
like engagement so that we can speak to our clients. We get them to speak at events with us. We're having an event tomorrow in in Cape Town just to build that customer customer intimacy mm-hmm. um, because we we need to be in their faces. And and by the way, when you are in their faces, you then hear that they're actually struggling with a specific problem, and, and it's one that they can probably help them Here with. We as go. They you generate yeah. um, opportunity there. So it is really just a, a being an entrepreneur is a relationship building. Um, exercise that you must uh, focus on. And I, and I think it, it, that's what's helped us, I guess, stay abreast. This is what I'm hearing from you right now, that part of your experience working yourself, Sunday, Sunday for Accenture, and perhaps yourself, Sharon, for Anglo-American at some point, you know, being in the corporate beast, as it were, gives you a lot of insights when you're working with mm. clients who are corporates. I mean, it, mm. it sounds like there's no experience on your entrepreneurial journey that is wasted. Sharon? Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. That, that, that's, that's true, you know, because uh, now that you mentioned Anglo, I think with me, um, I got lucky to work for a company that was actually developing the small businesses, mm. you know, because I didn't have a lot of struggle. Remember, I came in as an HR personnel with no prior working experience. I had no experience of managing people None whatsoever. And I come into this environment where I have to manage plus minus 70 employees, you know, so it was it was a bit of a challenge. So I think for me, they took me through the channels. You know, we had uh, uh, systems where they put me through education. They they put me with, uh, you know, your accountants and and they taught me everything that I know in business because they were like, what is the use of giving business to this person when at the end of the day, when we go there's no survival for this person. Sure. So let's impart skills so that should we take away the business, this person has the ability to go out there and look for clients. Mm. So I think even to treat uh, our clients, she mentioned something, Sandy, so to say that you need to be involved with your with your clients. Yes. I think they taught me that a lot. That's why I feel like operationally you have to be involved because nobody is going to come oh. and give your clients solutions that you want to give. Let the solutions come from you as a person because it tells your client that this person is involved. I didn't waste my time giving this person an opportunity. Should more opportunities okay? Who do you think the client is looking at? It's looking at the people that are actually engaging and are on the ground with them. Mm. So I think that's one thing that Anglo taught me and I'll forever be grateful. Phenomenal. Your background at Accenture and and what you learned, Sandiso? Um, so I think Accenture really helped me become professional um, and running a professional organization. Mm. You know, one of the things that I, I can attest to is that uh, for clients to work with a small business, it's, it's quite a, a strenuous activity for them. They must motivate. Firstly, you've got no credentials, so they mm. need to motivate and say, you know, this is a this, this person, they're going to be high risk. Let's give it to a normal EY or Accenture to pull it off. So they need to motivate us to why I work for the small business. And then it's like you, you sometimes don't even have all the qualifications. I mean, often I get asked for audited financial statements. Mm. And I'm like, do you know how much those cost? Those are like almost like 50 to 100K. Mm. I don't have that kind of money right mm. now. And so you, you already don't really qualify on just as a basis is really. So it's a lot of like, you know, effort for the for the for your corporate person to actually bring you on board. And so the, the, what we, the least thing we can do as entrepreneurs when we are knocking on doors of corporate, let's just be organized ourselves, you know? Yeah. Let's send the right financial statements. Let's send the proper, you know, nicely formatted looking, you know, content ready <laughs> things. Let's just, let's just be organized because then that helps 
the half the job is done because you, you're making somebody like shoot themselves in the foot because they're mostly waiting for someone that's not even organized mm-hmm. and they're putting their, their, their themselves on the line because when the project fails, they're going to come back to this person who was motivating for you. Yeah. And, you know, so we, we need to support our people in business, in, in a large corporate, mm. by just being organized ourselves. And so my organization, I'm very strict on like punctuality, mm. dress okay, presentation. And it's like, I know it probably is the things that really don't matter in the bigger scheme of things, but it's the little things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and entering a corporate with a, being a small business, because you're not working with that with only that person, you're working with 20 other people. Mm. The other people probably already think that you're going to fail at this thing or in any case. So what you need to do is just like show up, be extra prepared. Like my colleague was saying, um, uh, do your homework, do your research, like, you know, really put your best foot forward and make sure that you deliver. So should anything happen and it fails, it can never be your fault. It, would, mm-hmm. it, it can always be like, no, it was, it was something else. But it, you cannot be the reason why it failed. Amazing. <laughs> In what ways do you mentor or support other young people and young women to um, who aspire rather to enter the mining industry, Sharon? Um, I think what I do is actually what I fear doing the most. I have a, a phobia of speaking in front of people or what? being interviewed. So what I do is I challenge that, you know, you have young people looking at you, looking up to you and they want to be you and they want to know how you did it, you know. So I think I take myself to the schools. Most of the time we do small projects where we buy shoes and stuff like that. We send it to the school. So I go there and they'll probably ask me to talk to the young girls. So I have to put myself in front of them and say, it's not for me. It's the good of somebody else. It's for good for the young child out there. So I do a lot of speaking out there, even if I'm afraid. Fantastic. I just have to. It's it's a way of giving back mm. because we are expected um, to to, 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 to give back. So um, recently I, I realized that young people were coming to me and saying, listen, we want to get into the mining in the, uh, industry. How do we do that? So I think we are trying to put together a team that will say that with kids that are coming from university, we want to take them and say, listen, if you want information, you come, you can come to our offices. Mm. We'll give you the information. And if you need assistance in applying, we will assist you. And I think also I have some of the students that are in varsity that I'm taking care of because you know where we are coming from and the background that we are having you want somebody to say i made it because of that person let it not end with you let it be a try a train of goodness that you created for people live impact so that's what i do you know fantastic sandy so same question for you um we run we are second year now we run a a, a, a branch called kui sustainability summit mm. Um, this is happens in August around Women's Month, and we we uh, invite. I invite my clients, people that have given me a purchase order. I always say that people <laughs> that I know that that they've put they, themselves on the line for me, and so mm. if they can do it for me, they can probably do it for you. Because also with entrepreneurs, we also waste time in speaking to people that are not going to help us. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I try yeah. and get people that have helped me and I get them onto the platform and put them on panels and get them to talk about how they've supported small businesses, how they can support us. And then I just invite other entrepreneurial women and we do it for free. It's not a paid for conference. Mm. We do it for other entrepreneurial women because, um, and it's basically a market access opportunity for them. So last year we had Vodacom, we had Settle, we had, you know, all mutual. These are all my clients mm. that came through. Um, and then they were able to to meet with these young women. And it's, 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 it's really, I think it's done a lot for myself, just like a, 
a proud moment to like feel like I'm giving it back because also as an entrepreneur, I know we're under a limited resources space, but I think with, we've come so far. There's people that would dream to be where we are and we can, mm. at least we could do is just try and support the people that are still mm. coming up. Yeah. Tell me, going back to your administrative job at a primary school back in Limbobo, what would you say to that young Sharon today? <laughs> I think I would say that, Jay, take a chill pill. Everything works out for yeah. the good of you. you know, yeah. I think I always go by the scripture which says that everything to work together for my good, be mm. it the bad, mm. be it the good. Mm. So looking back now, I feel like, you know, at, at that time, mind you, that I had not, I didn't even have a degree at the time. Mm. So being at this position, I'm like, I can only see God, you know, looking back, it's, it's, it's God. That's incredible. He has it mm. in control. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. similarly for you, Sandy, so I mean, I'm not sure, maybe leaving school, maybe leaving corporate. What would you say to Sandy so before Kui? Yeah, so just like my panelists said, I'm also Christian and I love the Lord. I'm very spiritual. So definitely Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 28. Love it, love it, love it, which mm. my panelists just quoted. Mm. Um, and so I, I think for me, like, and I think things definitely always do work out that is definitely true and I could say just relax like take it easy Kuzolunga. I always say this Kuzolunga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. sometimes yeah. you do yeah. need to remind yourself of that yeah. Sharon yeah. Mashishi founder of Basaping Mash Trading and Projects thank you so much for coming through today Thank you so much. Yeah. It was not as bad as I thought. Oh, no, I'm thought so glad. Thank no, you. and you were very inspiring. I think that your story is, is incredibly important to be told. So thank you very much. Thank you. And founder of Kui Studios, Sandy Sosibisi, thank you very much for making time for us as well. No, thank you for having me. Thank you, thank Wonderful. you, thank you. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.